Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another action-packed episode of The Dental Brief. Today, we have with us a very special guest uh, coming from Lincoln, Nebraska. Dr. Killeen, say hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. So glad to have you here. We love it when dentists give us the time to come on the program, especially when they're here to help uh, other dentists and practice owners and managers grow. So thank you for taking the time um, to join us. Uh, Let's kind of talk about your history in dentistry. Tell me, what made you become a dentist? Um, Basically, I just didn't want to be a real doctor where I'd be on call all the time. So I thought dentistry was the best way to have kind of a relatively eight-to-five job and um, and still get to use my hands and skills every day. So you practice um, you practice in Lincoln, correct? You're still practicing? Uh, yep, I still see patients three days a week. Um, okay. So I used to have a, a group of six practices, and I sold that three years ago. Um, and then, uh, yeah, about uh, two years ago, then I was like, you know, I, I really do like practicing a little bit, but I don't want to do it too much. So I decided to um, do a startup, and so now I have a startup with, uh, one partner and one associate, and um, yeah, we we just run a, a small, relatively small six op, uh, office, um, and it's just Monday through Friday, so I don't like to do extended hours or anything, and it's going well. Sure. So we'll be glad to promote it's Capital Dental, correct? Yeah. Yep. Website there is mycapitaldental.com. So let's kind of jump into um, why you're here today. Now you're an author. Uh, mm-hmm. Got. I haven't read by the numbers yet, but I plan on. I've read the reviews, um, right? So that's all that counts. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've read the reviews. Seems like a fantastic book. Um, tell me, you know, throughout your books, throughout authoring, throughout you know, building a successful uh, chain of practices. Um, tell me, what are some of the? And, and, and by the way, you're all over the country too, right? You're talking to dentists all over the country. What are some challenges and problems that you see that dentists are, are facing? What are they coming to you with more and more today than maybe they did in the past? You know, usually what I see is um, young new practice owners uh, within the first five years of owning a practice, and they are just overwhelmed by all the different things that pull in every direction. So whether that's clinical um, or running a business or managing a team. And so, you know, my goal in all, all the books that I've done is just trying to make things simple. So by the numbers, it's a very down to earth. Um, I'm just not frankly that, you know, uh, prolific of a writer. I don't write complicated sentence structures or anything. So it's very simple, easy to understand. But basically my goal was that, you know, if you could only focus on 25 numbers in your business, like only 25 little things um, that you can pull from your practice management software or just looking at your schedule, you know, you could run your entire business. You don't need to be a super sophisticated um, analysis-driven type person to be a good business owner. And so that was my goal is just, you know, if I could only pass along one note card of numbers to somebody and say, this is the health of your business and how you're doing on the practice, um, treating patients and such, you know, this is what I would look at. And so sure. um, that was the goal of that book. The The other, th- the other three books, um, the operations manual, that is, uh, basically, all of the systems that I use in my own practice every day that help me run the business um, from A to Z, uh, which is, that's a much, much more detailed book, a um, couple hundred pages, <laughs> eight and a half by 11. I, I didn't pull the whole high school thing of uh, double spacing or <laughs> adding to the margins. Um, 
And then the startup and the acquisitions manuals are uh, the more recent books. And those are really because what I see a lot is someone has bought a practice or it's done a startup and they just, they didn't know what they didn't know. And so they either bought a, a patient base that just wasn't the best fit for them or did a startup in a location that geographically just doesn't work very well. Um, and so I just wanted to try to help um, other dentists out there avoid some of the missteps that I've seen. Um, and, you know, I've, I've made the mistakes too. You know, I've done acquisitions where it's like, oh man, I, sh I shouldn't have bought that patient base because maybe it wasn't as valuable as I thought it was. Sure. Um, and so, you know, just helping them in, in every different little niche that they, uh, that can make a really huge impact later on in life. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of different questions um, in regards to what you just talked about. Right? So the first is on the, the, the 25 numbers that you think the practices need to be looking at. So I don't want you to tell me the top three. I don't want you to tell me the bottom three. Tell me three that are like the, the least uh, known. Like what are the, what are three numbers that people should be looking at? They don't think about that. They miss that are, that are important, but nobody thinks they are. Well, so everyone watches their collections and their production and their new patients. So like those are three of them, obviously, but like everyone looks at the production, but it really, if you backtrack, you need to look at the leading indicators because um, the production is what happens when the, when the pie is already baked. So you need to back up and see what are the ingredients. So your leading indicators. So for me, that would be treatment acceptance rates. Um, that would be your reschedule rate in hygiene. So reschedule rate, you should be um, at 90%, maybe up to 95% um, of every patient. Just It's like, okay, let's get you on the books for the next six months. Um, treatment acceptance rate of every treatment plan you present to a patient, um, you should have at least you know, 70 to 85% of those treatment plans accepted. Now by dollars, it might be much lower. Like you might present either an implant or a bridge. So you're technically presenting, okay, an implant's 4,000 and a bridge is 3,000. Right. So you presented 7,000, but they accepted one thing, obviously. Right. And so your dollars treatment plans are going to be, you know, 25 to 50%. If you're at 50%, it's good, but you might also be under treatment planning. Um, and so, the, you know, that's a couple of them. Uh, another thing is how far out you're scheduling. So what does your schedule look like in the future? Uh, one of the metrics I use is just what is the forward-looking 14-day production? Um, so how much do you have on the books in the next two weeks? Um, and that's kind of a big determinate, determining factor of how I feel about how we're doing. Um, you know, because you can always look in the rearview mirror, but that's not a very good way to start. <laughs> Great. That's, you know, that's I'm with you hundred percent. I think those are fantastic numbers to look at. Um, I think treatment case acceptance is huge. When I look at the amount of dollars that are sitting in untreated, um, you know, patients and, and, and I think, Hey, why not, why not attack that? Why not look at it? Why not figure that out? So I think those are all brilliant. I'm going to think our audience does too. You know, they are, um, I want to talk about one other thing. So I want to, if you mentioned startups a little bit, I'll tell you, um, I, we will at some point on the show do, pretty extensive uh, segments on, you know, startups versus acquisitions. Um, but I think there's a third category that people don't talk about. There's that, that conversation happens a lot, but what doesn't happen is like, should you even own a practice? Like is owning a practice is whether you buy it or you start it up, it doesn't matter. Is that a good fit? And I, it's not, it just, there's no way it is for everybody yet. There's this pressure. It's just, it's almost kind of like, you know, people have talked about there's a pressure to, to get married by a certain age and have children by a certain age. And there's a, there's a pressure if you're a dentist to own a practice. 
And I don't, and, and how do you decide, how would you, what questions should someone ask themselves to help determine if maybe being associate for life is ideal for them? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to be an owner, you have to be driven. Um, it has to just be part of your DNA. Uh, you know, I was listening to Peyton Manning speak um, a few months ago and, you know, he talked about the passion of what led him to stay in the NFL for so many years. When he was old, his neck was breaking, all that. Right. And it, really, it was that he was driven um, and he knew he could do it well. Uh, for an, If somebody's an associate and they're thinking, oh, you know, I see all these ads. People want me to be a practice owner, buy or start. Um, you need to have a passion to lead people. You know, that would be one thing. Um, you need to be able to make the sacrifices. Um, being a business owner, it might seem glorious. Uh, a lot of the times and the financial is one thing but also you know you need to be able to make the sacrifices on the front end to then reap the benefits down the line so that would be you know you're going to spend a few hours a night or every day outside of patient care to manage the business um and you need to have the risk you know be able to take a little bit of risk because at a certain point owning a business we're all learning every day. It's just a new problem here yeah. or there. Something breaks, something comes up and it's, it's stressful. Sure. Yeah. That conversation about, you know, I hear it about a dental school. I hear about a medical school that, Hey, they should teach business and dental medical school. If they taught business and dental school, if you're a 50 year old dentist, it's scary. It doesn't, it's what they taught you doesn't exist today. It's a different world, right? What would they told you back then? Take out a yellow page ad. Right. Um, yeah. Right. So it just, it doesn't, it's not the same. It's just not. So, um, hey, I want to encourage our audience to, to check out your books available on Amazon. We'll link to it um, through the website. But you you have your own website as well, correct? It's AddisonKaleem.com? Uh, exactly. Yep, and that's A-D-D-I-S-O-N-K-I-L-L-E-E-N.com. I want to encourage our, our audience um, to check it out. And if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about how you help practices and what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, just go to my website, send me a, an email from there. Um, yeah, I still I answer all my own emails, you know, uh, I, and I work on that website every day to kind of make sure that information is relevant. And, you know, uh, yeah, I'd love to, if, if folks are thinking of doing a startup or acquisitions, you know, uh, I, I always love helping people out because it's actually like, I love looking at floor plans. I love doing demographics. It's just, I don't know, it's a, a hobby of mine. So it's it's not work when you love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.